0: Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Richard, and I'm the podcast announcer. In his sermon, A Prayer-Hearing God, Jonathan Edwards wrote, Hence, we may learn how highly we are privileged, in that we have the highest revealed to us, who is a God that heareth prayer. The podcast aims to exhort, encourage, and explore how to enjoy that privilege to the utmost. Edwards then also says a God who delights in mercy and is rich unto all that call upon him. Join Fred as we unpack, as you groovy young people say these days, the nurturing of our growing, biblical, dynamic, and soul-satisfying communion with God Almighty.
1: Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day. I do thank you for your goodness and your grace to this lowly one, and I just bless you for another day to glorify you and to seek your face. Holy God, as we come to pray today, as we come together as your little flock to pray today, we are praying that you would develop in us a prayer life that will sustain us until you come to get us Holy God, I am praying for myself, a deeper prayer life, and for everyone who listens, growing, biblical, dynamic, soul-satisfying prayer life, the prayer life that you have promised us without reservation and for your glory and our good. Thank you again, Heavenly Father, for this holy day. Bring us the mercies that we're calling for today. Thank you, Jesus, for your life and your death and the resurrection that allows us to come to you in prayer. And I pray that we would learn more and more continually to access you. We pray all this. We present it all to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. My name is Fred, and as always, I am the podcast host. Today, we are coming as we come together. I am coming in profound humility. I've talked about this a little bit before. I'm recording this episode with fear and trembling. I have mentioned a time or two that there are moments that I come to teach God's Word in whatever context, even a personal one-on-one context, and that I know in my soul that I am wholly inadequate for the task that is set before me. And if I did not feel called, we've talked about this a lot, if I did not feel called to do this, I, I could never be so bold or so foolish as to attempt to teach God's Word or even pretend like I was going to teach God's Word. If you listen to pastors and outside of their sermons long enough, you'll find that there is a reason that sincere pastors, good pastors, pray in humility not only before they speak and teach in their services, they also spend hours in private prayer prayer. For the words that they are going to express to the people who are listening to them typically their congregations there's that overwhelming dread of failing at the task of teaching god's word and it's a scary thing to come and say thus says the lord in any context and because i heard in the context of a lecture on music of all things there's a proverb a true proverb that goes. If something is worth saying once, it is worth saying more than once. And we know from reading Scripture that that in the truth of God, God repeats Himself over and over again. And if this truth that we're talking about, whatever it is, actually today prayer, but if it's the truth of the word from the word of God, it bears repeating over and over again. And so today, the subject which has made me come with this fear and trepidation is the reminder, our reminder of why we have the podcast at all. And we've talked about that. It's a calling. I believe that that's true. It's a privilege. I believe that that's true as well. And it's a specific calling and privilege that I believe God has for me. And it flows from my longing that all God's people know the joy, comfort, the peace, the depth of all those things which comes through close communion with God our Savior. And that close communion is comprised, made up of Bible reading and prayer. Those are the two things that brings us to today's devotional and we'll find the main context in Luke 10:42, if you want to turn there just briefly. But Jesus is talking to Mary, or to Martha, and he says this, But only a few things are necessary, really only one, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And we'll go over that here in just a second of the context of that. So if you were to turn back to Luke 10.38, you would see this situation. Now, as they were traveling, this is Luke 10.38 again. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who, moreover, was listening to the Lord's word seated at his feet. You have heard the story of Martha and she's Mary's sister, and she had the gift of hospitality. I don't know exactly how this worked at this point in time in the redemptive history of God, but I do know that there, through the Old Testament, before the Holy Spirit came and dwelt in us, that he came and went from servants of God, and he empowered them to do what he wanted at the right time for the right moment, and then he would leave And if that's the case here, I firmly believe that Martha has the gift of hospitality. She also has the mindset of hospitality. And I've told you before, my wife has the gift of hospitality and mindset of hospitality as well. But that mindset and that gift actually comes with all sorts of worries and things to fret over. There's always a lot of things to do when they have that mindset. And very often, they look around and say, I'm the only one doing this, and I need help. And that's what's happened here with Martha. She comes to Jesus, and she says, she'll say in verse 42 or verse 41, I'm not getting any help. You need to tell Mary to help me. And that's the impetus of this story, because we know what Jesus tells her. Mary has chosen, it says in the King James, the better part, but the good part. And there is an exalted place for the servants of God, for everyone who is called to be a servant. There's an exalted place for them, a much higher place, I think, than I would ever be able to attain. And for years, I have been enamored of the servants of God in the Bible throughout, again, redemptive history, who are nameless to us, yet have a profound place in the progress of God's work in salvation in his whole plan. We know Melchizedek's name, but we don't know anything about him. There's a servant girl of Naaman. She was unknown and she told her master, go to the prophet of God and you could be healed. In the New Testament, we have the unknown owner of the donkey that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on and the owner of the upper room. Think about this, when we read what happened in John, 13 through 17 in the upper room. It happened in this place of an unknown man who gave over his Passover room to Jesus and his disciples, and there they had their most profound conversation, at least the most profound personal interaction that we know about. But the life of service is not the heart of our Christian life. We know it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. We've also, you've heard me say this over and over in the podcast, John seventeen three, this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So in Luke ten forty two, when Jesus tells Martha to Calm down a little bit, he says only a few things are necessary. Really, only one. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You've heard this quote before. You know that I love it from Psalm 27. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me, and answer me. When thou didst say, Seek my face, my heart said to thee, Thy face, O Lord, I shall seek. That's the higher calling. That's the good part. As much as service is necessary and needed, we'll touch base on this again, the higher calling is to seek God's face because that's what he's asked us to do, and that's where the joy is. James, in the book of James, in a different context, tells us to draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. This is a promise we have. And so as we talk about prayer, and prayerfully we will in the future, and as we have in the past. Don't listen to me, to my motivations and the motivations that I share with you guys over the biblical truth. Listen to Jesus Christ. He's our savior. He's the lover of our soul. He died. He shed his blood on our behalf so that we could have eternal life. And again, what's that eternal life? To know him. He's the one that said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And so when we look at Mary and Martha, even in the context of service and understanding that, we know because he told us, Jesus did, that she chose the good part, seeking his face. The words of Jesus here are clear, and we are supposed to minister to one another and to the world, and we are to show his love, the love he shed abroad on our hearts, we are supposed to display to everyone else, which means service, right, and doing stuff. The necessary part, the very necessary part, the essence of our relationship with Jesus and the Christian life is our devotion to Him. We have a chance right now to worship and commune with the Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to love Him with all our hearts, minds, and strength, as we mentioned just a bit ago, to be able To say, I know God and His Son, and I love hearing and talking to Him. And I know in my soul how I long to be more like Mary, spending more time with Jesus, choosing the good part over re watching an old football game. And that is what makes this one of those terrifying moments when I know as I teach what I'm teaching that that message comes to me. First, prayer is important. We are all part of God's flock and he longs to hear from us and talk to us. And so as we're reviewing things, looking things over again from the depth of my soul, I know I have only obeyed a tiny bit, not near as much as Mary obeyed, but as it is in regards to prayer, this obedience, if it's brought me this much joy and affection, This much holy fear of the Lord, hope in what he's doing, love for the Lord and for other people, hatred for sin, uh, desire and joy, sorrow and gratitude and compassion and zeal for him. If it's brought me this much healing to my soul, I can't imagine living without that close communion in prayer. And as children of God, there's no reason that we should or that we have to. It's there for us. He's offering it to us. And I'm not stretching the truth even a little bit. And here I'm going to steal a little bit from Paul. When I say before God, in the presence of God, that I I couldn't survive or be any good to anyone if it were not for prayer, for that sweet communion, with God in prayer and in reading his word. And when I talk to you guys all the time about this being a privilege to talk about prayer, it is. And I plead, when I pray for God to maybe use this a little bit, I pray in tears for everyone who might listen that somehow God would move them or help move them through the other ways he's working in your life to have a growing, dynamic, biblical soul-satisfying prayer life. He's given me that mercy. Certainly, he's not withholding it from anyone else. And I will assert again that there is no more profound, peaceful, loving place in the whole universe than being broken before the loving God of that universe, the God who created it. But that place only comes in moments of God's utter work in our lives, that bring us broken to him, but it doesn't have to stop there. That peaceful, loving, profound place comes through Bible study and prayer. On my soul, I'm speaking the truth. If I could make everyone, every Christian develop a prayer life, I would make them. (laughs) As I think about that, though, that wouldn't be the heartfelt prayer life that I'm talking about, would it? If you don't understand it and you need to experience it to understand it from the very inner man, from your very new person, from your soul, it's not a prayer life life that I'm talking about if I make you do it, but I would if I could because it's that important. In the area of prayer, as we wrap this up, I'm asking your indulgence one more time. I have a quote here that I love from a man named Robert Bruce, not the guy that the movie was about, but a pastor in Scotland. And this is one of the things he said in one of his sermons. Learn to apply Christ rightly to the soul, and thou hast won all. Thou art a great theologian if thou hast learned this well. For in the right application of Christ to the sick soul, to the wounded conscience, to the diseased heart, Here begins the fountain of all our felicity and the wellspring of all our joy. And felicity means well-being. Brothers and sisters, members, as we're members together in God's little flock, I commend all of us today into the hands of our Lord and Savior to move us, making us desire him more and more until we get to dwell with him in eternity and to learn to choose the better part daily, sitting at the feet of Jesus in the very throne room of God. Until next time, be blessed.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. We are praying God uses this episode in some way to encourage your communion with the Holy Savior to sustain your soul. Fred wanted me to tell you he's sorry if you've tried to contact us through Facebook or Twitter. His quote to me was, I don't understand either my Facebook page or Twitter. You can still contact us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com, and Instagram is still ministries. if you'd like to contact us there. I'm Richard Durrington and still available at... DurringtonR at gmail.com or visit richarddurington.com. And until next time, we will pray for one another.